internet and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and I'm joined as always by a one Trace Finicaro and I, I guess Gunner. Gunner. I, wow, actually you actually did it, Ty. That's a one Gunner Kennedy, folks. Alright, gents, let's just uh always keep them guessing. Jump into this. What it, there, there we go. First time. Hey. Not first time. Second time with the pop filter. Everyone, congratulate Gunner. What? <laughs> so I'm we're going to actually jump into this. My, my ears are thanking you right now, Gunner. So, Gunner, you have a topic um, that's definitely interesting. Um, you wanted to talk about things that maybe we experienced in our childhood that seemed somewhat normal, that, that maybe they didn't question, but looking back on, maybe we're a bit creepy or weird now that we're adults and have been removed and are far distanced from the situation. Give me an example. Actually bring up the example and I'm going to bring up the example that I had. Well, two, two entirely, uh, two entirely different things with the same exact name. Uh, although one is spelled with a Z and one is an S, but, uh, banana splits. Now yours is spelled with a Z, correct? Yes. And what is that? So Banana Splits was this, um, I don't know how much Coke they were doing in, actually, I, I think the 70s was pre-Coke, right? 70s? No. No, plenty of Coke in the 70s. Okay. Well, Hanna-Barbera Hanna went through this, like, real weird creative drought period. You know, like, it, that was back when they had the Three Stooges cartoon and all that, like, they'd make six different shows with the same exact plot. Is this with like Super Friends? Was Super Friends Hanna Barbera? No, it wasn't. You no, know, Super Friends was Hanna Barbera. It was okay. But uh, so Banana Splits was basically this serial series where they would have um, it was an elephant, a beagle, a cat, and I don't remember what else. But they, anyways, so it, it's just funny like how it's looped around because you'd have these you'd have these like very ominous costumed versions of these characters doing live performances like live performance bits and then you go into the cartoon and they go off and they'd have their adventure and stuff like that and it's like um uh i think it was cecil and the sea monster because there's another thing because like so you know like how mcdonald's used to have the grimace and everything like that and the mcnugget buddies and the hamburglar and everything like that yeah they 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 don't have well, those they, anymore. They they phased out most of the mascots. You know who was fucking awesome? And the my probably my favorite was uh well, probably two favorites, Mary McCheese and Big Mac. They were like probably more obscure ones. But Big Mac was Big Mac was actually now that I think about it, this okay, I'm I'm not I'm gonna not you're, detour you too long. You Connor. are you yeah. are Big Mac Wade. But yeah, Big Mac was kind of fucking racist. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, that's, not, again, not racist. Oh, like, well, yeah, racist. I mean, not pre- prejudice. He was a big. He's just a police officer with a head as a fucking Big Mac with eyes and a mouth. No, they 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 were yeah they're like old. and when you think of like police officers, what's stereotypically in old school America as police officer? The Irish and Big Mac. Mac is like what you know what I mean? Like there's oh. so many Mac like McGregor's Mac. Oh, so his character wasn't racist, but the he could have been interpreted as a Mick. Yeah, like yeah. Like why was Big Mac fucking why why was the big giant cop with the last name Mac fucking 
Okay. I got my head stuck in 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 his playset when I was a kid. It's a bit. <laughs> it at the. Uh... It, when they used to have the they used to have the outdoor like character. Well, actually, it was the one in Anita. You he, got your head stuck inside the. Well, because it was like the it was play like, area at a McDonald's. Yes. When I was like where we like hunter. in between two bars. Yes. So like his whole thing was that he like um. It was one of those like fiberglass playsets, so you know, like you'd you'd climb up the tunnel and the inside Big Mac, and then like his whole head was like this uh, play area, and I stuck my head between the bars that were, uh, you know, like the the, the separator, <laughs> and then I couldn't push my head back in, and I felt my skull move when my I've, father. I have three children, and about once a month they get their heads stuck between oh. two bars. It's it's is it, that a thing? Yeah, it it's, is. It's it's, it's a, because when they manufacture them, the bars usually aren't like equidistant so there's usually a spot that you can kind of snicker your head in and then you kind of get stuck also your ears are easier to push through the bars yeah. than to pull back ah it's like you, your, your head is a little fleshy spear it is yeah well you know that and it's it's the whole like rebirthing you know like that that shit really you, you really you don't just, get over that shit for at least like you know like rebirthing. Ten, 10 years you just you just have to take it to birthing <laughs> are you try are you, are you honestly going to tell me that that when children you yourself explicitly uh or literally whatever it's too early for this shit um that you were you were trying to simulate being Birthed. No, it's it it well, you know, it, I'm not actually postulating that it is a, a real theory, although for the sake of the bit, yes, I am. <laughs> but is well, it like no, a subconscious kinda, thing? Like you you're always I, going to stick your head through an opening? If, I don't even know if it's that. I think it's like an autonomic nervous reflex, you know, like uh you know, you hear the blackboard scratch, you get the shiver down your spine. Like sorry like, like sorry mom, my head, my head was only designed saw, to go I, one direction. I saw I, I I saw a portal I had I had to try and push through. Just, you lack the whiskers of a cat, so you don't know. <laughs> yes. Too bad your shoulders were too wide. You couldn't make it all oh, the way God. out. I would have been amazing, Gunner, and I totally could have seen this happening to you. It's like the fire department had to get called. They had to cut the fucking bars. <laughs> you know you know what happened is they would they would issue him a ticket. <laughs> Mary Mc, no, Big Big Mac Big Mac writes his own ticket. McDonald cops. Yeah. Oh, that's actually there. There you go. Yeah, the, the, back back to the back to the. Rick and banana splits, but like dude, dude in Big Mac costume comes out and writes ticket for you for fucking up Big Mac. <laughs> oh, got your head stuck in the bars, Ooh. did you? Here's here's a yeah, twenty six thousand dollar welding fee. You be sticking fee. your nose where it don't belong now, do you? Oh, yeah. this is what you get for climbing around in Big Mac's head. <laughs> the only thing that belongs in Big Mac's head is Big Mac's mind. Yeah. That's actually kind of. Uh, a weird thing. I don't think it's like messed up or or weird, but does do, are there still McDonald's with like play places or whatever? There they they have them still, but what they've done is they've they've torn down the outdoor play areas and they've replaced them with indoor play areas. And the indoor play areas are much safer. Yes. So there's like almost no way to fall down and get hurt. And there's like foam pads on the bottom. Mm. It's not like it was. Like Gunner was talking about, where you could just get your head stuck between metal bars, and I mean, you could with those old play areas. I mean, you could just you could fall out of stuff. I mean, it wasn't it, the standards for play areas have gone up, and that's because of the liability risks. So if you're if you're the owner of a McDonald's 
and uh, and somebody falls off of there, the way that insurance law works is, I mean, even first of all, the the whole like sign a disclaimer stuff is bullshit. Most of the time, those disclaimers don't hold up in court. Right. Yeah. And. But even then, nobody's making the kids sign a disclaimer or their parents sign a disclaimer. So when they fall, you have to pay the liability on that, and um, that can that can get expensive. So they've all moved to indoor play areas, and they're pretty much just like a plastic tube to slide down. There's not really, um, it's not like the old iconic characters like you're talking about. There isn't actually any characters at all in in the new versions. It's it's just an area for kids to play, and it's kind of like a breeding ground for uh, stomach bugs and stuff like that, like a like you know, like a Chuck E. Cheese or like a. Um, they need to, they need to have an air tumbler and a bleach mister operate intermittently to. Uh, yeah, and they got the hand sanitizer right by them, but the kids don't work. use them. Yeah, they just crawl through the same tube as another kid, and you know you get vomit and feces all over Ugh. the walls and whatever. Yeah, but, that's not shocking. But yeah, they don't have the outdoor ones anymore. Really, they're all—they've all moved to indoor ones, and very few have them because you need a really large uh, restaurant in order to support an indoor play area, or you have to steal that area away from the uh, uh, the dining area. You know, I actually do also find uncomfortable. I swear to God, Gunnar, we're going to go back to banana splits. But speaking of McDonald's, because well, it, it, McDonald's, like in my opinion, was the at the forefront of like fast food for ki- like kid. Mm-hmm. Kids specifically, well, it, you know, and you watch again, like the 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 death of the death of that stuff, like the you know, like he's talking about, where you don't have these play, you know, the play areas keep going away. It's it's part of that is too, is that like McDonald's? It's kind of like how cartoons went away, and you know, like you know, like the kids the kids cartoon, like when they changed the FCC rules when you couldn't like just fucking pour out sh- the equivalent of sugar cereal on morning, you know, morning programming. Yeah, I mean, like, if you watch an old episode of Tom and Jerry, the amount of violence that was inside one episode, um, it's it's higher than any modern cartoon. Itchy and scratchy. Fight, 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 fight. Yeah, Itchy and Scratchy was an interesting one because that was a fictitious cartoon inside well, was like a cartoon. Well, satire, right? That was, that was, that yeah. was the spoof of Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. Or like, uh, I mean, Roadrunner, Wild Coyote. Like, although not a ton of... <clears throat> Actual violence, like against each other, it was just Wiley Coyote. Just you know, there, was it whole, up. there was a whole subtext that the the Roadrunner the Roadrunner was a girl. Yeah, and, I heard you, that you, later you, in life. I didn't I didn't have that you, uh, knowledge when I was a kid. Why would that even be a big deal? Because it's like a man trying to beat a woman all the time. Is that what it is? I don't know. Maybe. Well, actually, it went it went it went from it went from uh well yeah and I guess you know. This is this is like. Do you ever read the Smurfette the Smurfette blurb? What? No, no. You remember the remember the nineties? Like, because I remember that. Yeah, was Smurfette's a, a fucking the, weird concept. If you the, the, did, you ever watch the Smurfs? I um, I was not enough to. No. Are you familiar with Smurfette? I know that there was a girl. There's like a girl in a village of all fucking. Mm-hmm. Dudes, why are there no more females in mm-hmm. that? Uh, mm-hmm. It's like the black people in the Jetsons. I mean, there's some weird stuff that happened back then. Well, actually, even Smurfette's, Smurfette's even kind of weirder because effectively she's a, she is a she is a golem slash love doll that was created by Gargamel that established her own identity. And she's a powerful, independent woman who don't need no man. But 
she was originally created as uh, a, a bait device by Gargamel oh. to pull to pull, pull to pull other Smurfs. Hmm. Hmm. Which again goes back into this but idea. If, of, you but know, if like, the <laughs> only female Smurf was created by the bad guy, then aren't all the predecessor Smurfs gay? See this this well, this, I, this this is this gets into this top like weird <laughs> shit that like totally got a pass when you were a kid and uh, and like just starts falling apart under any attempt to they mu- they to view it as an adult. But they must have not been gay then. They it's like they were like gay about not by choice, they're but like, like but because there were no they're females. They're like snails. Did they're they have dog. baby Smurfs before her? Were there baby Smurfs? They were well, like young there, Smurfs. There were, there were, they were definitely there were, age well, levels. No, no. The, the, the young Smurfs were made young Smurfs through magic. Are you just saying this? Are you just making this up? No, this is this is part of Smurf lore. I believe for some reason, I just know that Gunner knows like the, the Smurf, the canon of the Smurf fucking universe. Well, at least the TV series. Isn't this like the whole Jumpman Mario thing? I mean, isn't it... Somebody just drew cartoons and they had like a loose plot and then after the fact they had to piece it all together I mean, isn't this like watching american horror story and trying to make continuity where it doesn't exist no i mean but you know part of it part of it too is that like our the smurfs were originally like a, a french cartoon or like a french comic they're not really? they're not an american okay well then, then like in france everything that i just asked same question couldn't no. it have been that they just drew the cartoons and had plot, and then after the fact, they're like, well, where did the kids come yeah, from? Yeah, there was like, only one well, girl. Well, they're, 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 yeah, well, but Smurf Fab no. was like an original well, actually, cast, the, the, right? The, 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 kid, the, kid, the, the, the kid Smurfs themselves were uh, actually introduced kind of later on in the same stuff, like in the same style, like Cousin Oliver in the Brady Bunch. Like it wasn't part of the original story, and even that they were they were actually the kid Smurfs were actually originally adult Smurfs that were regular characters in the series that were rendered children through 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 the use of powerful magics. This is I'm I'm just You're, shaking my head right now because this is the strangest shit I've ever heard in my life. Well, because again, this is this is but this this is this is what you dealt with in perfectly logical children's entertainment i don't think i don't i I think that sometimes we try to fill gaps and stuff that we just didn't have an explanation for um i've heard people say um back remember the the the, uh the cake song um going the distance i remember somebody saying that song's about date rape and if you listen to the whole song from start to finish you're like i'm all alone in a time of need it's like okay i can kind of see how this is about date rape but I don't believe that was ever their intention. I've been listening to Cake for a long time, and they don't really seem to hold, you know, keep these hidden innuendos under their song. I think people like to fill the gaps. Um, what's that song? Um, I'm looking in your big brown eyes. What's that song? Oh, uh, but Inner Circle. Inner Circle. Make there you was, sweat, I think. There was a rumor going around when we were growing up that that was about butt sex. Yeah. And the argument was is that you were looking in their big brown eye, which was their butt. But in fairness, Trace, it's definitely about sex, and it—I mean, butt sex could be part of that sex. So that's but, not completely out of the actually, question. If you actually read the lyrics, though, there isn't really a whole lot of innuendos, and brown eyes is plural. Maybe it's a three-way. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and maybe that song is about butt sex. But I feel like I feel like a lot of the times we try to we try to fill the the void where there isn't one. Um, 
One thing that I think of, and I, mean, I know we haven't gotten back to banana splits yet. Is, it's uh, going to happen, I promise, Gunnar. Uh, you guys remember there was the Cabbage Patch Kids, right? And then there was the the trading cards called Garbage, Garbage Patch Pail Kids. Kids? I yeah. Garbage Pail Pail Kids? Kids? I was a huge fan when I was a kid. That's, that's something that's strange, right? I mean, they don't have an equivalent of that. Huh. That, actually, yeah, there's... It's almost like kids are not allowed to experience like satire or cynicism. It's like parents now like afraid to expose that to them because the garbage pail kids essentially was just massive amounts of satire and like you know it was gross stuff like but like remember like uh remember Mad Magazine? I loved Mad Magazine. I was Mad a huge Magazine fan. had a lot of that I, stuff. I, in I, there. I I bought used to buy Mad Magazine and when I could um and cracked was also like a good one like that that well, do those things even exist anymore and if they do well, is cracked. it just like a good last i checked mad around. magazine was still in publication but that was a long time ago when i checked yeah and that's like that's all that was was satire like they literally just pulled stuff from and i remember reading that as a kid they did this um spoof on scarface like probably 10 years after scarface had come out and there were like scenes like from there where like he's ripping like a mountain of coke, you know what I mean? Like, and it was I didn't understand that like what that was because I hadn't seen Scarface at that point. I was probably nine or ten, and um, but it was like some like joke that like an adult would kind of get, you know? Like, but I wasn't. I don't think I was harmed because I, I feel like parents now are afraid. Like, oh, you can't expose these kids to these types of things that are in like pop culture that you're, even if you're being satirical about them but like garbage bell kids is actually one thing from my childhood that i was kind of like i don't think that was weird i think it was kind of funny and i understand and maybe it's because i'm also nostalgic for it or whatever I have, I have the sense of nostalgia but it's like something that would never ever fly today i don't feel but then they have like i mean so they've done stuff since then that has been a little bit strange too that never would have that never would have like had a market like the whole um like the harry potter jelly beans oh yeah like the bean boozled is that what that is that kind of what that is i think so yeah you can buy ones that taste like grass you can buy ones that taste like and i think they're like a like assorted flavors so you don't know where you're and it's like a gamble like yeah they there are two mm-hmm. identical colors mm-hmm. one is like oh green apple the other is like grass yeah and there's ones that taste like vomit yeah so that would kind of is like the garbage pal kids because they were they were a lot about like the boogers and the vomit and the flies and stuff like that but it's different because we've like found ways to simulate the taste of it you know they have one it's like diaper and it Jesus. tastes like it tastes like what a diaper smells like, not a dirty diaper. Right. But that's gross. It is. I mean, yeah, it's gross. And that's and an awesome new, that's like a, that's like a, it, not even satire at that point. It's more like, it's like playing tricks on your senses. Yeah, it is. You imagine like having a party and having like, like two punches and one of the punches tastes like vomit and the other one tastes like regular punch. Well, I mean, you go long enough into the party. Um, yeah, I mean, what happens when you vomit up vomit punch? 
You get a twofer, it ex- apparently. It actually tastes better coming up than it did going in. <laughs> okay, so these two banana split things. Wade, you, 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 when Gunner originally said banana split, you're like, oh, I know what you're talking about, and you thought it was something different. What was the thing that you remember? I don't remember. Actually, before I even go on that, um, Gunner, what actually was banana splits? So, um, that's it, Marty, Marty Croft. Uh, a guy did HR puff and stuff. and they, Well, it's funny because, you know, you go back to McDonald's. Like, the whole McDonald's thing, too, like, I don't know if you know the history of that, is that originally they were they were going to license the HR puff and stuff characters for this, like, McDonald's promotion. So, like, they had they What's they had HR puff and stuff? HR puff and stuff was like a puppet show that was on during the early 70s. Okay. Like, you know, they had an amusement park, everything like that. You know, it was it was a big it was a big thing, and again, it's like it's kind of like this ephemeral nature of just like you'll have pop culture, and then like something will be gone, and nobody will remember it. Mm-hmm. And what happened was is that they were in this deal to do all of this stuff, do all this like cross promo stuff, and have like these this this experience. And the guy who owned a McDonald's at the time, what's his like? What what was the dude's name? Unimportant. Well, he because he always had a. So the gist is, is that they basically just changed the color on a bunch of characters and ran it with themselves. So like all of those, you know, like if you wonder like why the random nature of those designs, you know, like Big Big Mac and stuff like that, they're basically the Chinese knockoffs of these HR Puff and stuff designs. And it's like we just had to change the context of it to like try and skip paying fees for all the work that they did. So what was Banana Splits then? So Banana Splits was Hanna-Barbera's equivalent of this, where it was like these four characters and just random adventures. It's the best thing. Imagine if Uncle Grandpa was a real thing. Like I don't you know just had you just had, you just had you just had you just had these four fucking giant creatures so show un- up. Uncle Grandpa, that's still that's still on, right? Or yeah, is Uncle that Gra- yeah, yes. Uncle Grandpa, man, it's such a strange show. It's this old guy that lives in a van and he travels around with a a real tiger um a realistic what is it? a realistic flying tiger yeah, rainbows come out of its ass um it's just a strange it's it's adult swim right no it's cartoon network it's a kid's show yeah that's so it is a kid's show so uncle grandpa is like it's like as if adult swim allowed one of their shows to escape and let the kids watch it it's really really strange so are you like saying like borders on like the like there are it's there's something for kids and something for adults yes okay because it's yeah it's um it usually comes bursting through somebody's wall yes like 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 one one of the episodes a kid was having trouble um he was having nightmares in the middle of his uh you know, while he was sleeping, and Uncle Grandpa got inside his dreams and helped him conquer his his fears inside the nightmare. Yeah, so it's kind of some adult themed, but it's not it's not adult content. You know, because nightmares are something that kids can relate sure. with. Yeah, they don't really have adult content in there. Um, what are the other characters in there? There's some oh, strange characters. Oh, you, have, you have Pizza Steve. You have oh yeah, uh, Pizza Steve. There's a Pizza Steve. Yeah, yeah. And Pizza Steve. The voice is played by uh, one of the guys from um, Workaholics. There. Um, T.J. Miller? No. Oh, he's not in Workaholics anyway. My bad. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, the, I'm trying to think of something else that the guy's been in. But uh, 
when, like the main guy in Workaholics does Pizza Steve's voice. But uh, yeah, Pizza Steve is always getting into trouble. But then there's, um, isn't there like a sad dinosaur or yes, something? Yes, there's. Uh, as I'm pulling, I'm pulling up, I'm pulling up my character list right but now. But the dinosaur is just always being shit on. Like he's the friend that's just always thought of last. Mr. Gus. Is that the dinosaur, yes, Mr. The dinosaur. Gus? Yep. Yeah, he's like he's he's always sad and he's always being forgotten. But uh, the like Uncle Grandpa's got a fanny pack, and the fanny pack is like its own character yes. in the show. Belly bag. Belly it's, bag. It's like an autonomous. It's like an autonomous sentient being. Yeah. That he just wears like mm-hmm. above his groin. And he has all powers. Like Uncle Grandpa can do everything, but he's gross. I mean, he's almost like like he's he's grosser than the like the Grandpa from. Uh, uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, really? Yeah, he's really gross looking. What the fuck? Like, yeah, Uncle, you would love Uncle Grandpa. I actually, I, I it, the only reason I don't watch it is because it's on, uh, it's on Cartoon Network, right? Isn't that what network you said it was on? Yes, it's on Cartoon Cartoon Network, which I don't have. So the only way I was able to watch it is if somebody like ripped it from YouTube, and in that case, it's like zoomed into the corner of the video, and the audio is all distorted. But uh, yeah, um, so anyway. Um, what, where were, how did we get an Uncle Grandpa? Well, banana Split. So I'm just saying, like, Banana Splits is kind of that, that bit, like, that original take on it. But if it's, it's if you just have these giant nine-foot-tall random animal puppets, just like, bam! <laughs> Let's go on an adventure, boys and girls. And, it, you know, it, it's... we Adam and I had a bit in our non ever finished cartoon cartoon where we basically they were they were like the fucking hounds of tindalos and if you just like talked if you said or candy man if you said their name too many times they just fucking come out of the corners bloody mary is like another one so my banana splits uh the one that i was referencing referencing was with the s and it was like it's and i say it was apparently it's still in existence but i'm pretty positive it's not nearly as popular as it was when we were going through like elementary school it's like this after school program um for kids with that that come from like uh divorced families that are like in just like counseling or something but it's not though it's just like just a hangout club it's just a hangout club and i guess like what's so weird that i think about it now because it's definitely I, I I don't think it's a very popular thing now. Um, it's like if you're so what? So if I don't come from a fucking broken home, I can't right. hang out with with these people. Well, no, right. actually, this this leads this this very this goes very back into this topic of like normalizing weird like really weird shit. Because like is is it is it part of it too? Like it came up because like when we were kids, that was the first time that like the divorce, divorce fighting became been, like a normal thing. Divorce had been like normalized. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like and now. Now we're kind of now we're just like, oh, fucking yeah, my parents. Um, you know, like now, now it's you know, like there wasn't a social, there wasn't a social kind of. No, it was taboo. It was, a, it was like a to, bad to thing, and, and there were problems with kids feeling, uh, you know, and guilty now, about it and stuff. Now, it, now, yes, we're, we're now as children are born, and you know, this, this 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 situation has been normalized. They are the superior. They are the superior race, as it were, because it's just like, hey, you know. Nothing is permanent. Everything is ephemeral. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting. Mommy, mommy may not necessarily have to love me. Well, that's kind of like, it's it's kind of weird. And now I kind of bring me back like to it. I always thought it was weird because I didn't, as a kid, 
feel like identify like it's it was weird to identify as that you know what i mean like but i do remember like this it was kind of a big thing like if someone's parents got divorced um you know it was like this big thing and it is this big thing um it's not like some small thing but to like make a social club that specifically like that's the criteria to be in it and it's not like i don't think like if your kids from complete homes can't go to uh banana splits uh meetings however it would be a little odd probably because it would be like you know no one with a drug issue going to a narco like like a like a aa meeting or something like that if you can't go to the banana splits meeting if you have the money and if you can find them you might just be able to hire the banana splits yeah you know it just just cause a divorce yeah, just so you can get in there. Break, like, yeah. break your parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah break Sorry, your parents' relationship. Sorry, mom and dad. I want to be part of this after-school club, so I falsified some um, some photography of dad cheating on mom, <laughs> and uh, and now they're divorced. Or you you go even crazier and you break up like some unrelated family, and then you're like, well, I should be part of Banana Splits because like I've seen enough divorces that I feel like I'm an expert on this. And it wasn't like the weird thing. Like I remember then, even not really wanting to 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 to. I think I went to one like little gathering or whatever, and I remember like not having any interest in it at all, and feeling really weird about it because I didn't want to wear this fucking thing that was super terrible in my life as some badge of honor. I just sweet if you had to wear a banana hat or something. (laughs) Thank God I can make you one. I can make you one. I mean, like, would you like a banana hat? I can make you a giant banana costume. No, I don't want a banana hat. I don't want a banana costume. Well, you know, speaking of banana splits, what a fucking strange dessert that is. Like, not too many, not too many desserts do you just get a huge chunk of fruit and put it in the middle of ice cream. And with that one, in order to justify putting ice cream in there, you need a dish so large that you're eating like like half a gallon of ice cream. Like the banana split, it's like a cliche Sunday that nobody can actually finish. Yeah, like who who actually? I would imagine it, it would be a very small portion of people that go to a Sunday shop today or an ice cream shop today and order a banana split. I mean, it's it's a great dessert. Yes, but man, it's you. It's almost like they need like a quarter of that amount, and that would be the Sunday. Right. It's but not then very it would efficient. Be, but then it would be a banana chub. Right, there'd be a little, a little tiny boner of banana how, sticking how come up. How can't just make the banana grow in the shape of a bowl? In the shape of what? A bowl. Yeah. Wouldn't that be gross? I mean, you leave a banana without its peel on the counter for like five minutes, it just starts getting brown and flies start coming around it. Wouldn't a banana bowl be pretty gross? Or do you? Or would it actually? Would you leave the banana? Would you just form it into you, a bowl after you, you peeled the, it? Is no, that what you're the, saying? No, I'm saying the the banana itself, as it grows from the tree, it is it is bowl shaped as opposed to its brand. I guess if the pot. peel was still on it, it would be okay. But then your spoon would go into the peel. You'd actually well, you get you, some peel. You, 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 you got to shuck it. You got to shuck it like an oyster. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know. Or maybe we need to find an alternative fruit to the banana because, like, you know, like how they can get the, you know, like there's banana breeds that taste like apples. Maybe we got to breed. An apple or like, like you know, like a melon that tastes like banana. A melon bowl would be good. Yeah. Because that's already done. It does exactly as you're asking. That's what a that's what a cantaloupe is. I don't like cantaloupes or honeydew or shit like that. But, I mean, what it's essentially a What the fuck is wrong bowl. with you? 
it's like bitter. I don't. Know. I love watermelon, but I don't like cantaloupes or honey. Whatever, honeydew, honey, whatever the fuck. Honeydews are honeydews are really sweet. Are they? Yeah, I don't know. Something they're the green the ones though, so people don't. People want the orange ones because they're more colorful. The green ones are really sweet. Hmm. I'm missing out apparently. Yeah, but if you don't like the flavor of it, do you guys uh, from this b- banana splits? era in my life do you guys remember um was it what was the anti-drug one when we were kids i mean what besides dare was it dare i thought that was daughters that was drug abuse resistance education all right you know what it was dare i'm sorry i thought like there was something else, but I was thinking the of dad, Lewis, daughters the against the drunk Lewis, driving. The Lewis Gossett Jr. Uh, anti-copying video. Don't copy that floppy. It was or, no, the, the drug, mothers against the drug, drunk driving. Oh yes, but this was that's yes. dare is what I'm talking dare, about. And I thought dare was was one, and this is one aspect from my childhood that I thought was fucked up, but kind of fitting. There was a girl that we went to school with, who I will not name, um, who like. We were, this had to been third or fourth, maybe fourth or fifth grade. And she was like, you know, trying to get me to go to this meeting. Oh, you should come to this dare meeting, this and that. And I was like, I don't really have any interest in going to this meeting. She said, well, well, we'll see how you feel about it. You know, when you get older and your sister, you know, gets addicted to drugs and this and that. And what's fucking hilarious is that this girl's sister actually was the one that got addicted to drugs and got knocked up at like 17. Was she still wearing that sweet dare shirt while she was getting knocked That's up? That's a good question. Was it... Was, that would was be poetic. Was it converted to a midriff shirt, and did she get knocked up by drugs? It's possible. Like I remember those black the, the shirts with the red personification of drugs. Yeah, those black shirts with the red dare letters on them. I remember a lot of those in circulation. They must have all been people that were part of that. I was. I never signed up for dare. There are a ton of them. I didn't even understand it. No, I didn't. I didn't either. Like, but I, th- I think they were supposed to like they were raising money and trying to educate people about how bad drugs were, but. I mean, I guess it's good to have kids do that. It's good to have them do any type of social program. I just wonder how effective it was. It's clearly not. Like, when it comes to drugs and things like that, I don't know how you prevent that. It's not like I... I, Okay, so let's continue forward with the things that are kind of fucked up when you look about it. Like, when we were in high school, even, which we're still kids then, but we're a little more, you know, grown... Our health class, or like we didn't we didn't talk about like sex at all, like even from a scientific standpoint, until like we took health, which you were like allowed to take, and I think like your senior year, which is like too late, way too late. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen years old. Yeah, um, we're talking about condoms, and most of us have already bought them. And it was a joke. Like actually, let's, let's talk about that because I, I imagine there are definitely people that can relate to this. Our health teacher deliberately liked fucking with you yeah like he told these stupid like ridiculous stories his stories were stupid they like were, really they were stupid and they were definitely lies mad. it's like he got it's like he there was some shitty handbook that's like tell these ridiculous stories it'll mm-hmm. scare the kids and you know it'll be kind of funny but like my problem with all that is and and i i hope it's not like this now but i'm sure it probably is you're the 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 objective very similarly to dare was the path of abstinence like yeah. just don't do it yeah abstinence is what they preached do you think that that was that was somewhat influenced by uh by religion at the time though because the people that were making the the programs for the education were very um 
strongly religious and into them that was because <clears throat> you know you're not really supposed to have sex before marriage in the eyes of a lot of religions so it kind of made sense to follow suit with that in school the problem was that it wasn't reality you know it's probably never been reality i mean if you look at like greece and stuff like that it was obvious that the kids are trying to fuck all they wanted to do was fuck in high school and it's never really changed but the difference is, is that how at least Greece was kind of honest about it. I mean, they turned it into a, a cute musical. But I mean, what when was Greece filmed? Us seventies, seventies, yeah, right. And we went to school, and we we were in it was the nineties by the time we were in high school, and there was still this kind of smokescreen over what the kids were doing. Um, I mean, they they really they should have handed out condoms in high school. It's not even like handed out condoms. They should have. Like condoms and contraceptives were were just breezed over. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, condom. It's like, how do you put a condom on? Because shocker, folks, it matters how you put a condom on. Like, it definitely, absolutely matters. Uh, you know how things feel and how things go. Like, but I didn't learn how to put a condom on like properly until like uh, I got to like college, which is like. Pathetic, and, and there's other ways of of preventing a girl from getting pregnant. I mean, of course, STDs are a problem, and then getting pregnant is a problem. And they kind of like the condom kind of throws them into the same category. Like, hey, you don't want to get an STD, and you don't want to get her pregnant. But um, I hate to say this, but a lot of the STDs aren't that big of a deal. No, it's like a pill. You know, a pill, and you're fine. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are. I mean, there's serious ones. And at that time, there was a really, really big education push push with HIV and AIDS. Remember yes. that? Yeah. Uh, th- because nobody, th- they claimed nobody understood it. But see, we got it like the first time they explained it. They're like, oh, this is the way that you can get HIV. We're like, okay, we get it. And then they kept telling us like every year forever. And of course, now HIV is different because there's a lot of people that live a perfectly normal well, life and, with the I mean, virus. Like, you know, uh, now, now, even then, it's... Um As I as I as I hide adventures. No, um. <laughs> well, actually, well, because like even that, like they're never mind that, like you know that. Uh, although you get the fucking effed up pharmaceutical shit too, but like you have prep C, so like. You're talking you know, about the HIV treatments. Well, no, not even like there. There is an actual. There is an actual. Uh, like almost, I, I, I are you talking about the like, vaccine that only works with some people? No, no, no. So, so there, there's that. But prep, prep C actually is that if you are exposed to, if you are engaged in a situation where you may be exposed to HIV infection, if you take prep C, there's like a, oh, like the, the morning after, prevent, yes, the morning after pill for for prevent you for from the actually, AIDS, yes, really, I don't know, it was a thing. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that stuff didn't exist back then. But yeah, the the way that they prioritized the curriculum for the kids was a bit weird the way that they hid they really hid the fact that the kids in high school were were already were already sexually active and that was the other thing they used that word right are you sexually, sexually active? active that's no, such I'm a strange sexually... term to use with a child well you know yeah but it's also like no i'm sexually passive i just lay there and what i lay there it, it... Starfish like, it. Like, like, yes. I mean, it's, it's a medically correct. I'm a sea anemone. It, it, it correctly describes <laughs> Spray it. Spray upon me and be born. But yeah, it's it's like, remember our parents would use the term rubber? Yes. Yep. Make tarp. sure you get some rubbers. Always always remember to tarp your loads, gentlemen. 
Is that a thing? Yes. Jesus. <laughs> Always remember to tarp your loads. Tarp your loads. That's weird. Have you ever used? I'm gonna. I'm gonna take it a little bit. A little bit. Uh, PG thirteen. Have you ever used a sheepskin condom? No, I've never used one. I, I mean, like, have, have you ever used a sheep? What? No, absolutely not. As a condom? I mean, like, they 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 look like people. I'm oh not no! Saying, I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that it's happened. I'm just. I've never done any bestiality stuff. Um, at least not that, I, that I'm aware of. It's 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 the it's, sheep's, not, it's not creepy unless you look them in the eyes. So the sheepskin condom, it's it's a very similar concept to how they pack sausage. <laughs> yes. It is actually an intestine, and they just tie the end off with like a piece of string. And the idea is is that if you're like really sensitive to latex and you can't put on a condom because you break out then you use one of these sheepskin condoms. The problem with it is it doesn't have like that strong pork and like aroma of a piece of sausage to counteract the smell of the intestine. So you, you crack that thing open and it smells weird. I mean, condoms smell weird anyways because they just smell like, like a rubber glove. But those sheepskin condoms smell really strange. It's almost like formaldehyde. Like, it's really weird. And then, of course, you got like a little, what do they call that thing? Some, like, people will put the... Top knot? Is that what they call them? Oh, like, yeah. when people, they stretch the... Oh, ball cap? Yeah, but they stretch like the like the hat, and then they tie the top. What's that style? You know what I'm talking about? I, I actually don't know what you I mean. Don't, I don't... Like, like, for certain purposes, or... It was, it's how um, uh, uh, the FUBU guy got his start. Those style hats. Wait, so they, they stretch the hat and they tie? I'm like confused. It's like a tube that they wear on their head and they tie it. It was like a fashion for a while, back when FUBU started. That's how he got his business started, was that style hat. FUBU, I thought, was a Kangle. Or like, kind of like... FUBU, FUBU was, it was a, yeah, it was a like shoe brand mostly and, t-shirts. Yeah, t-shirts. It was mostly t-shirts, but he got his start. What's his name? Damon... Damon Dash? Damon, um, whatever his last name Damon is. Damon Wayans. No, not fucking Damon Wayans. <laughs> but uh, he's. Are you he's talking to, about? A, you're not talking about a do rag, right? Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's a do rag. What? What are those? It's not necessarily a hat. That's like more of a functional thing. Um, no, what like I'm talking bandana. about. Yeah, no, no, not no. Yeah, not a do rag. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of the name of it, but um, I, I'll. I'll pull up a name of it. Anyways, I thought that, that I thought that was a good reference because I thought you guys had heard of it. But that was that was really how the condom was designed. <laughs> it was like a it was like a, t- a knot tied around, you know, just a sleeve. <laughs> Damon John, by the Damon way. John. Damon John. Damon John oh. is the um, he's 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 one of the sharks on Shark Tank. He's the founder of Fubu. And uh, and yeah, he he got his he started his career with that specific style um, um, hat. Well, you know, even that like we get to the, you know we're, we're talking about just like weird stuff that was normal when we were younger, but You know, maybe maybe this is also the sign of us just getting old. But like, <laughs> how much? 
you know how we, how we giggle over over the the bad dragon page or something like that. It's just like, what the fuck? What the fuck tops that? Like, where 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 do where do you go? Because you know, like it, it's that shit's like that shit's when when that shit gets normalized. What what's what's what what what's the next meandering path? You know, like never mind, like oh, never mind, like music is like fucking weird. <laughs> I think it's evolution. They just learn how to make a better dildo. Well, they have stunt cocks, you know. I yeah, that's weird. That's a that's kind of a weird thing. And stunt vaginas. Flashlights. Um, Does anybody remember? Do you you guys remember this thing called Young Life? Young Life. It would have been late high school, like tenth. I remember oh, people great. talking about it. What was that? Okay, so and this is actually I thought it was disturbed then, and I still do. Young Life was this um, born again movement. Essentially, it was trying to like reintegrate uh, teenagers, we invite kids to follow Christ, care yeah. for them regardless of the response, and change lives in the process. Oh, it was religious. It was super religious based, and so this is kind of what's interesting. A couple of kids that we were friends with who actually are still together today, very happily it seems. They were in this like young life group and they invited a lot of other kids and friends to be part of it or whatever. And what I found like very interesting was like this these two kids that were, you know, dating back then fucked more than anybody I knew. Like they were just like Insane, but I, I thought it was like really weird that their parents were like hosting this like this 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 group essentially, um, and I, I found it like weird because all the hormones and raging and stuff like that. And yes, I understand like the adults are trying to push this like Christ movement, which is clearly probably some like counter like counter sex measure. But you're getting all these horny teenage coeds. We're gonna, in we're one gonna, group, yeah, in gonna, one we're, area, we're gonna, we're gonna like uh, we're gonna engage in a anti-sex uh, youth religious group and employ almost six sevenths of the tactics in a sex magic cult and hope that none, <laughs> none of the bad stuff happens. I just remember like I went to one like meeting or whatever. I don't know what meeting is what I guess you call it. Sounds like a but like. I just remember it being like this weird. Did you get your chip? No, like nothing happened, but there was definitely this vibe of uh, trying to like, as all males typically do, like trying to like you know boost their position in the breeding pyramid, <laughs> and like this like vying for different spaces, and then there'd be like, wow, well, we're gonna do a little Bible exercise, and then I was like, fucking I'm out, like I'm done. I was raised in a Roman Catholic household, but. So I already knew all that. I knew that dog and pony show already. Young life, but it was weird. It was it, it was very cult like. Like it was kind of like, like you got to go. You know what I mean? Like we're all like, just do it. I don't know. Something felt like very very. I have a problem following a lot of the time, I guess, and that was just like inherently wrong to me. As a kid, I thought it was fucked up. As an adult, I feel the same way because I was like. You know all these people are going to end up fucking, right? Like, you know that this is like, yes, it's under the guise of, like, Christianity and Christ and this and that, which premarital sex is it's completely against. But you're 
you're essentially like throwing a f- throwing matches at like a gas a full gasoline can just be like well I'm not doing anything technically wrong because nothing's ignited yet like <laughs> nothing's actually wrong with what I'm doing I don't know young life was weird I'm really surprised that you don't remember it now, I remember people mentioning <clears> it <throat> but the, the difference is Wade is you went to one of them yeah so if you went to one of them it's going to have the sting you're going to think back on it and be like what why the fuck were we in this room what were we what was the purpose what were we talking about yeah, I, I definitely remember people talking about it. I also have some trouble remembering things from that long ago. Um, it was, you know, high school for us is 19 years Dude, ago. Dude, almost now. 20 years ago. Yeah. Holy shit, I'm old. Yeah, we're just starting to plan our 20-year um, high school reunion now. So, yeah, that was quite a while ago. I, that stuff, you know, like the like the culture and, you know, the whatever was going on, I struggle to remember, but what I'm a bit embarrassed about is I don't even remember what these people look like a lot of the time. You know, these people that we used to, we used to spend every day with, and I remembered them vividly. Um, if I wasn't good friends with them or I didn't have a crush on them, I, like they'll friend me on Facebook now, and I'll be like, who is this guy? Who is this girl? I don't, I don't remember who they are. That's a little tough for me, but I forgive myself because it has been 19 years since I've talked to quite a few of them. You know, it's not like we've been keeping in touch. Right, yeah. It is a kind of a weird thing, right? Like you, you, especially in your situation where you have a family and kids and stuff like that, you feel this almost quasi-guilt when you think at the <clears throat> the few times you maybe think about these people that you haven't thought about in a long time. And you're like, man, I maybe I should have kept in touch. But it's just it's physically impossible. Like You just have to accept like I might see these people once every 20 years, once every 10 years or whatever, or maybe once every five years. Like maybe you just see them in passing when they're in town. And it's not a huge, I mean, we graduated with a class about 90 people. So it's easy for us to know every single name. You know, we're such a small, we live in such a small area. It's easy for us to, to re, be able to remember every single name. But I would say that my memory is probably about 50%. I, a lot of them I don't remember. And it's not a whole lot of names. I mean, I, when it comes to my adult life, I know hundreds of people. You know, mm-hmm. I know hundreds of people and I, know, and I know their names. And then you know, you have the whole family thing. You know, family can be hundreds of people, just, just family alone. But yeah, when it comes to high school, I don't remember a lot of that. And, and I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of sad that I I, I want to just walk up to them. I just want to know their name. So yeah, when it comes to stuff like Young Life, I don't remember it too much. Uh, some things that uh, some things that I remember from that era, and I don't think it's I don't think that it's weird looking back on it. But like, I remember the discovery process because computers were still brand new back then, and I remember how foreign it was. Like just to have one and then like i remember people gathering around one when somebody was doing something whether they were playing a game or i mean i remember i remember they had like voice recognition back then and i remember people using like a microphone do you remember the old desktop microphones that the computers would have Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. a thin plastic like straw that came up with a little mic at the end i still have one of those sitting you know it for Retro uh, streaming appeal when uh, I, I need to uh, create a period correct uh, desktop. Yeah, people were fine with those because back then most audio, when you heard voice, was a telephone. And telephones are shit quality, um, the, the landlines at least. So when you needed a desktop mic, they're like, well, we don't have to put a lot of technology into this. Now, people, 
it's it's an everyday word to go out and buy like a decent mic for your for your desktop. But yeah, back then we'd have those thin little desktop mics. Some of them actually like had double sided stick tape and they'd like stick on the monitor. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and like you try talking to it and, and do the voice commands, but you'd have to program it. You had to like keep saying words over and over and over and hope that it could figure out what you were doing. And we would just all stand around it like it was this spectacle. You know, it's, it's like a giraffe giving birth. Like everybody is just like, whoa, what's going to happen next? We had, our, our networked Macintosh is sitting in the science lab and everyone was amazed that they had the internet. And the, the first thing they wanted to do was try and buy tickets on Ticketmaster online. Why are you talking so quietly? Because... You're being a butt, and I'm not talking quietly. I'm just not yelling. I mean, like, are my vo- are my levels good? Why, 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 those, you, why those, are you crawling on my dick, man? Those, why are you crawling on my dick? Those Macs, um, I'm, I'm using a sheepskin condom at least, Gunner. Those Macs, those Macs were awesome. The network Macs that you're talking about, do you remember that they had um, sensors? You could actually, because those were used for biology, chemistry, yes. and physics. Yep. Yeah. You could actually put like a sensor inside something mm-hmm. and see the digital readout on the yep. computer. I don't see people do that today, really. Well, that no. So, so they is, had that is, back in the nineties. So this is this is this um. This was kind of something I wanted to talk about last week that we kind of rolled out. We, Bring we it up rolled. now. Well, just the. The, the 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 fact that like the economics of things have fucked so much what used to be kind of like considered cornerstones of proper because like listen you know like the, you know at the end of the day not a lot of people are going to be like really compelled or motivated to be like creative in a, a real sense i mean like you know you might do your thing but you know there's a there's a period of there's a period of intense misery that follows any like really creative work. I mean, you, 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 we we all we all know the grind, and sometimes you have the stomach for it, and sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, you talk about those Macs and stuff like that. I mean, like you know, you have your Arduino. You like the Arduino's kind of taking the place of this, right? But the Arduino being the small board. Yeah, people hook sensors kind of up just, to just you, that board. You, you, you know, and you got I mean, like you know, the 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 cost of actually getting into this has gone down a lot, but it's also just the nature of like it, people getting people involved in these hobbies has kind of spiked too. I mean, you're, you know, kind of like f- faded away too. You know, um, the 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 you know, you're talking about your Macintosh and stuff like that. I mean. You know, I can't speak from experience because I don't have, you know, and I guess, like, maybe you'll find out when Carmine and and Ellie and Oliver, Olivia, Oliver, wow. Oliver. Oliver, fuck me. (laughs) Fuck me in the brain. But anyways, you're, so. No, but where I'm going, like, you know, like, maybe you'll find this out when you get, when they get to high school. Because, like, I don't know what the curriculum is, but Canastota's, like, fucking, you know, like, Canastota's, most schools have shrank on that stuff, too, you know, like, it's, it's not. Well, like we, but, we, we, came, we came through in kind of like this bubble. But the other thing is, where, though, if you can get a regular thermometer, right, a mm-hmm. digital thermometer and drop it in your experiment, if you don't need to put it on the computer, you won't, right? No. So to have the infrastructure to be able to support that, to have all of these PCs, what was interesting back then is we would put PCs in the middle of, 
of of a computer lab, not knowing what we were going to do. Yes, with them. no, no. It, they it, had it, all it, these capabilities. It's like, oh, look, you can see the readout on a computer. And at some point, some guy on the fucking board was like, um, "Okay, these computers are three thousand dollars a piece. We got to justify it. Yeah, these 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 sensors cost you know two hundred dollars a piece." Why don't we just go buy a regular thermometer for five dollars? You know, so when they're reevaluating their budget, well, they ask. They're like, "Hey, well, biology teacher, why do you have twenty Macs in your in your uh, classroom?" And he's like, "I don't know. They're just collecting dust. If anything, we rent them out to kids so that they can write up their their English papers. Like, you know, like at some point." You have to stop and look at what you're using it for. Well, no, what was but, cool about the 90s is we would buy technology just because of could. the curiosity of it. Well, it, you know, but even that, like you get back to the, that thing, like the, the logging stuff, that's that's what you would be using in an actual like lab for cracking stuff. Yeah, you um, could do the graphing. Yeah. Yeah. So working in a laboratory setting. Oh, oh but I, I guess, and I guess kind of going back to where the thing out, like there are, there, it's just amazing, like how many adventures of human endeavor have just been fucking priced like you know you talk about the you talk about the the macintyre or like you know it's just throwing technology at stuff like that if i told you you could have a fucking personal flying machine that you could just get in and fucking go i mean like you gotta file a flight plan and stuff like that and this used to be reality and it's like you you were you know like you can watch that fucking die in real time because, like, planes, planes are not like cars. Like, you can have a 70, you can have, like, a 50-year-old aircraft, and it has lost none of its value. And in the pro- Because the reason is, is that they've stopped fucking making personal aviation aircraft. Like, that, that, that industry is, that industry has, is, is not, if not dead, and just kind of walking is in the process of and you got i mean like you got gyrocopter santa fucking k- k- kicking around every now and then but crack santa is in the crack sky santa. folks crack santa <laughs> i'm gonna watch crack santa in the sky it's well i guess uh so wait you have some experience with the computers measuring crack right santa. yeah everything's computerized like everything it's all recorded there we take all the data from all the different computers, which are attached to more sophisticated machines to like calculate butterfats and proteins and, and acid levels and things like that. So it's still up to the, you know, the person that's in the laboratory to record these, you know, in a program that is just specifically designed for the end game to record, you know, what the values are, right? It's not, there are very few programs that we use that actually, you know, automatically up, us automatic automatically update all the information to the central location right and then we also do like we still do physical tests too it's not all computerized but a lot of the stuff we do is there's a computer doing it and recording it and then it's just up for up to you to kind of get that information and compile it do you have to calibrate them yes absolutely yeah calibration is required <clears throat> by the state but it's also uh, we we calibrate significantly more frequently than the state requires so do you have like a like a uh, like a pot of boiling water that's always at like 90 degrees and you have to calibrate a thermometer at that? Yeah, so, uh, so how you do the, cali- the thermometer calibration, we have like what's called a the state thermometer or it's like there are, I think there's one or two of them in the whole facility and it's it's like, it's certified by the state. The state actually comes in and checks it to, to ensure pretty okay. regularly that it is calibrated. 
And that's your control. And that's like our control, and that's how we calibrate the other thermometers based mm-hmm. off of that. Um, and it's more than thermometers, right? You guys need to know pH levels and a whole yep, bunch of other shit, pH right? pH levels, um, lactose acid levels, things like that. Uh, but, yeah, like we, we have to calibrate our equipment. So, like, also um, we have, like, uh, reference samples. So the state has a trusted laboratory, mm-hmm. an outside laboratory that, uh, you know, they have us send these samples out to. And then that lab gives us a report about, like, and they send the samples back. And are like, okay, these are the numbers that we have, right? Do you ever have somebody drop a sheepskin condom in the milk? Thank God, no. No condoms allowed. Any Anything else, though? I mean, I just kind of threw that in there for satire, but you guys get contaminants all the time, right? Um, not all the time. No, not really. We actually are really clean clean plant um well as clean as any dairy can be well because wasn't there wasn't there a manufacturing plant where like they found a person in it okay so that was a tuna plant um and they cooked they cooked in california i think Mm -hmm. it was it was it was a it was a flagrant violation of multiple safety protocols yeah people went to like like people went to jail for that shit so Mm -hmm. like a guy fell in so i think with the tuna they like cook it they like bake it in this giant oven kind Mm -hmm. of well, because the, they they had defeated a bunch of safety interlocks. Because what the the effect, what you do is you push you have a, a it's it's a palletized cooker. So you 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 when you're doing your cans and stuff like that, it's basically they're all stuck on a pallet on a rack, and you just roll the whole thing into this giant oven. Mm-hmm. And you know, like there's multiple things that are to you know, like you can't start it. You're not supposed to be able to close it. And they had just like jury rigged around it, and this lady got freaking pushed, trapped between two pallets when they freaking closed the thing. And mm-hmm. didn't they it. find her after the fact though? Yes. Like they, like it was. Oh yeah, she died. Like like nobody knew she was in there. Yes. Like they found like remnants of her afterwards. They're like, oh, well, that's it, where she went. It wasn't. It wasn't she remnants, but she, like they 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 yes they cooked, she didn't they leave her for alive. she didn't leave for work early and never come back she she's actually inside our lunch well it, no it wasn't it she didn't wasn't get a, the she canning. wasn't no it wasn't in the, it, she was pinned you know it, although that that makes the story kind of more tantalizing as it were well tantalizing. there's already dolphin in there why not a little human longfish i know it's not funny for the, the family that the, lost somebody in that machine but but, but it's but probably I, but he doesn't not, know them so fuck them <laughs> yeah and, and it's probably not the first time that a human made it into a consumable food that was the thing, humans. like you hear, you hear the urban legends about like hot dogs, like you know. Oh, I found a. I think actually that was in uh, Ace, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective, where he finds like someone finds like a wedding band in like a hot dog. I mean, it would suck because you break your tooth, but if it's worth enough, then you can get it fixed. It's true. That's true. Crack Santa, but you know, like. Um, but is the personal aircraft thing I wanted to comment on? Is that more of a Listen, it's just not a practical thing. It's just oh. air aviation is super dangerous and requires mm-hmm. a, a significant amount of well, like, planning. I mean, no, I mean, like, actually, well, general aviation is actually held up to a higher standard than, like, what your car. I mean, like, how many, you know, despite despite random stories aside, I mean, you got to go in for a physical, you know, on a regular basis. Like, actually, if we if we were really real, like shit that you probably should do if you're operating a fucking motor vehicle because how many people do you know have cheater car you know like you know new york state has kind of gotten better about cracking down on that stuff at least from like the odbc side but you know like how many places do you know that actually legit do inspections like we're checking the brakes on this car and the suspension 
you know like i mean like they'll have inspectors come in and do crack but like how many times do you see a car that you just like from the get-go that thing is fucking visibly unsafe how the fuck is it still that's true but, but also uh, how many pe- how many times do you see a car accident where people walk away alive versus how many times do you see an aircraft accident where people walk away alive most well, aircraft accidents result in death yeah but the actual accident i mean like the actual accident rate for operating uh, you know where you, you want to get into brass tacks the actual accident rate for operating hours is lower for an air for for air travel than it is for mm-hmm. e- even on the commercial aviation front mm-hmm. i mean the and any of the commercial aviation stuff where you see like they have like one where you know like besides the pilot error and stuff like that we're not talking about commercial aviation well, even, we're talking I mean, about personal general, aviation general, general, well, even but wage, aviation. wage topic was about personal aviation no, but i'm saying like gen, 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 general aviation any like the issues is yeah, that but that's like that's like comparing them to tractor trailers you're well you're not letting me fucking finish but okay Sorry. Fine. that's all right no it's that's all good this is the We'll fight. It's we're we're, <laughs> we're 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 gonna have to get kendo sticks and beat the shit out of each other on a side. But well, metaphorically speaking, I just want no, to I mean, address like, Wade's question. No, because so the general aviation, because even the general aviation front, the average accident rate for operating hours is lower than auto travel, mm-hmm. and the 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 two main issues are people either flying in conditions that they aren't you know, like they get into conditions that they weren't licensed for. Which you know, this goes back to like the same thing as like, oh, I decided to I, I decided to make a trip in uh, black ice and stuff. You know, like a, again, it, it's all you know, like into maybe it's not comparable because the cost of getting into an air, getting into your own private plane at this point is is super kind it's of super expensive, too. and you don't need it to get into a plane. You need, for the most part, to get into a car to get your butt to work, right? Well, yes, and there 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 is that as well, but. The, the thing is, is that, you know, like, you, you know, you talk about, like, the changing of time. It used to be practical. I mean, well, it, well, you know, maybe the practical. It used to, it, this, this used to didn't be like, well, I have to be ridiculously wealthy. Or right. I got I to right. do a part-time. You know, like, this was, this right. was, this was, this was the equivalent of, like, well, I'm going to go fishing. On, yeah. I, I got a boat. I'm going to go fishing on the weekend. No, you're right. There, 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 I remember, I remember even growing up. I remember planes, planes landing, planes and helicopters landing in my backyard, and they were just friends of my father's. It wasn't a big deal back then to have your own airplane. But isn't isn't that more of an economic problem? Well, no. But this this goes back is that like we're 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 seeing kind of this rollback of human endeavor. You know, like we're in this period of like there's more wealth on the planet than has ever been and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But like the actual people, you know, like what you can actually fucking do, you know, people who can actually do anything with it is fucking like nose diving. Isn't that Elon's argument? I mean, that's one of the reasons that I really like listening to him talk is because he talks about how it was, it was, you know, the whole nation was behind a trip to the moon and we would do anything we could to be the first ones there. Um, Although the conspiracy theorists think that we never landed, but he says that you know that what happened was the space program kept getting cut back and cut back and cut back until the only thing that we could really do was kind of exit the Earth's atmosphere for a few minutes and then come back. There really wasn't a lot of space travel, so I mean that kind of goes hand in hand with that, right? The, the idea that um, you know each one of us could be part of uh, you know this traveling and exploring and i mean isn't that like the same concept that each one of us is a pilot 
Well, you know, and you're again, saying it's more of a cultural thing, right? I, I yeah, I mean, like you know, basically, there, there's, there's also this. I mean, like, there's certainly economic circumstances, like even, even this. Um, so you, you know, like software became the big thing. You know, like during the during the night, like you know, like you had you you've always had, you know, you talk about like that that change in tech and stuff like that. Like when we were when we were in high school, like you had these computers, and like you had maybe like ten percent of the population of the school who could actually do something like you know maybe whether whether we we assign ourselves into that category or not 10 percent of the population of the school could actually do something cool with it um you know like I, even that like you know the, the the arduino you know like the, the 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 home electronics you know like that that whole movement what that inspired we're 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 seeing that shrivel up right now at least in the states because um as dumb as it sounds uh donald the 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 tariffs that are imposed right now, they spiked all the component prices coming into the United States. So mm-hmm. basically, it's like you've seen like a 25-40% spike on what used to be like these kind of throwaway items, and it's like you know like they they were already kind of on the edge of okay, I can you know like I won't get caught co- you know like I won't get coffee or I won't buy lunch for a couple for like a week or two, and I can go spring for one of these things. And there's no alternative because, like, we've out, we've we've moved these huge swaths of production out of the country, so it's not like somebody's going to bring a fab up in the United States to make these these components. I mean, like, you know, I I, I have uh, you know whether maybe this is self interest or not, I have a mechatronics project where like I had to, I already had to scale back the number of prototypes I wanted to work on because I just I can't budget the price I can't budget in mm-hmm. the price of those components now like you know like i was going to build five of them and now i gotta go i gotta scale back to two because i just i can't i need the buffer because there there there's also like people going on freaking vendors buying stuff up because as the as the right. supply price goes, yeah yeah if you know a bunch of them are already in the states then you don't have to worry about the tariffs i don't know if i disagree with the vat i <laughs> That being value-added tax, yeah. which is what the rest of the world calls it, for some reason we don't. Um, I don't know if I disagree. I don't know if I disagree with the VAT because I feel that we we do just expect everything that comes in from China to be free shipping, and it does make me wonder. If we can start to trigger a trend where things are made here, because we have it right, or at least we used to. We used to be, we used to lead the industrialization and the civilized. We used to make stuff, and the, we don't anymore. The problem with that is, um, and I agree. I personally would like to see America go back to making its own stuff. However, I also recognize in that fact that it can never be the same. It can't be the way it is now. Everything has to cost more, which I'm okay with. I'm o- I'm kind of okay with it too. I'm okay I'm okay with it. Because then recognize- Gunner, when you resell it, you get more money. Yeah, but you know, and again, so this is this is Sorry, there's stuff going on at the house. Probably had just, yeah, just had to go to urgent care. Um, but do you need to leave? Uh, I don't know yet. Like okay. again, but that that's that's neither here. But but the but the tr- the track to this is 
like general aviation, you know, like rocketry, all this, all this dumb stuff that like, you know, like model rocketry. I mean, like, you know, the hobby's still there, but it's not anywhere as ubiquitous and like the, 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 the threshold of getting into it has fucking jacked up immensely the well, last I mean, let's 10, be, 15 years, you know, part yeah. of that's nine, you know, part of that's post nine 11 nonsense, but it, it Go ahead. Hasn't this kind of been the case forever? Like, do you remember hearing about when you were a kid, oh, chemistry set. Wish I had a chemistry Mm -hmm. set. They don't sell them anymore. They didn't sell them when we were kids. And why? Because they're fucking dangerous. Mm -hmm. Because they were not safe for a kid to be using. Well, society deemed that it wasn't safe for a kid to be using fucking Bunsen burners and playing with acid and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Like, they weren't safe. Like Society is is ruled by, by, by an average. And... The average person is really fucking dumb, and remember that half of them are dumber than that. Yeah, but I mean, you can you can you can definitely say that. However, the average person's IQ is significantly higher than the one a hundred years before him. Yeah, I mean, it's it kind of comes back full circle to us talking about the McDonald's playground, and if you're going to produce and sell something to the masses, um, right now insurance wins, unfortunately. In, the insurance policy rules the business right now. I don't know how I feel about it. I used to hate it. Now I work in insurance for my day job, and I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to see the the huge losses that can that can occur. And when I say huge losses, I mean like you can take a business out from one accident. So when it comes to the liability of these chemistry sets, I don't know if. I don't know if I'm happy or sad that they're no longer available. I don't know if I'm happy or sad that you no longer um, are, are encouraging kids to get a Bunsen burner out and to throw um, to throw sodium inside water and just see what happens. By the way, it catches on fire. <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about these things. As a as a parent, I do like to know that my children will be safe, but without taking risks, without taking large risks, you don't get large rewards and it's part of our it's part of who we are right i mean it's why when you're on a swing set you might try walking on the very very top bar across the top because there's a chance of you falling off and you're going to get hurt badly if you do but all the kids watching are like whoa look at what he is doing i think flying is just a little bit more than that right you're taking that higher risk but flying also seems like something that's difficult to guarantee safety with. Well, so is driving. I mean, you know, any anything that's, you know, I mean, like brass tacks, you know, um, human existence is pervasively dangerous. You know, just navigating an, envi- navigating an environment, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that will break you. Now, I, I understand, but, like, but you're, you're, insu- you know, and then again, insurance, you're, you're always like, your 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 uh, expo your exposure to risk, you know, like is it something like that, and it like anything that goes outside the normal physics of what a human body was designed to do, like you know, traveling above ten mi- you know, five miles an hour, mm-hmm. you know, like your 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 failure scenarios, the penalties for them start compounding exponentially. Um. When it comes to when it comes to aircraft, do you need does Crack Santa need a license to fly it? So it it depends. So there is so uh, as far as Crack Santa requires no license. Crack, and even Crack, if he did, he wouldn't have Crack, one. Crack Santa's license actually has his picture on it as the official governing body. Yeah, Crack Santa was born with a license. 
It's crack, in his DNA. It's actually crack embedded Santa inside doesn't need a DNA. license. Crack Santa grants them. <laughs> um, but so there's like these. So you know, like the and again, like because there's different <laughs> different countries have different rules. But so, New York. No, okay, so does so, Crack Santa need a license to fly a gyrocopter? So in New if York? the gyrocopter is under a certain weight, a certain horsepower rating. Mm-hmm. And only has fuel for travel of such, such and such a distance, mm-hmm. then no, he does not need a license. Right. Jesus it's, Christ, Gunner, just grow the scruff out. Do, do, just, <laughs> you're already, so, you're already there's, starting there's, it. There's, so, there's, a, there's an intermediate class as well, like where they kind of like the FAA realized that basically they had they had priced themselves out of existence with the uh, the rules that they had put in, which jacked up the insurance rates and all this stuff. So, so back to that. Um, do are there certain planes that fall into that same category? Well, there, there's there's like a, there's, if you have you you know the yeah. guy with a prop plane, like will that fall into that category? or Will he need a license? So anything that's class that meets the classification of what they call an ultralight. So that's that's a you know like that's the you'll you'll see the guys with like the paras you know, like the, the parachutes and the propellers on the back of them or stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, no, not that. Like a regular plane. Like uh, there are there like are regular, regular there small are regular plane. plane there are regular planes that fall within that ultralight category. But most of them don't, right? No, they do not. Okay, so the average plane you're saying you need a pilot's license for yes. some type of license, right? So there's you're not going to crash into another plane, right? I mean, it's almost statistically impossible. Yes, you you right? have to, you, to to crash into another plane during visible d- during uh, normal visibility requires ex- either extreme negligence. You're or actually intent. never going to crash into any object. Well, yeah, ever a, a, a while in the air. Yes, a plane. A plane. A plane. It's almost statistically impossible. Yeah, a plane safest. A, a plane is safest when it's in the sky. It's yeah. When you get down whereas, the whereas where with the you, yeah, whereas with the automobile, you are constantly driving around objects that will kill you yes. specifically trees and telephone poles or other cars other cars yep i get ran off the road on thursday by by somebody on my on my uh, side road because in the in the ground doesn't like to move either right no it does not so you go into a ditch you flip a car over i had, I had the fit oh, during one of the the, the snowpocalypse days i had the fit with its ass sticking straight up in the air at one point it was pretty amazing <laughs> I'm just sitting there waiting for waiting for the tow truck to come. Gonna grow the scruff out and become well, I, the crack Santa you were meant to be. Well, no, no. See, my 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 uh, my, my pick is uh, what I call what I call uh, a lame system, L A M E, but land air mobility enhancer, and it's just the quad, it's the quadcopter drone that can pick up a thousand kilograms. I don't know, I and see, it's just like I, I just I just open my arms and they pick me up like 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 peregrine falcons and just carry me into the sky. I mean, it's a plane's like a boat, right? I mean, it's it's another way to travel. Yes, it's largely considered a hobby. It's mm-hmm. not really a necessity, right? And um, you're also stuck getting parts for the specific plane that you purchased, right? So. You do need a license to operate most boats. Yeah, anything although, over a certain like horsepower, in New York, a driver's license suffices for boat, right? Well, no. you have to license the boat itself. Yeah, you have to actually well, register. Yeah. You have to register. The you boat have to. Itself. You have to register the do boat. Do you have to take a boater course or no? You're supposed to. You're not, but you don't need not to required. though, not by law. Huh. Well, it's because we're that's because we're stupid. But that that's not, you know again like. We, we, 
considering the considering the normal course of boating activity and the amount of alcohol that's regularly imbibed during that, you would think that maybe there'd be a threshold of. Uh, you know. Yeah, although a boat kind of has the same, the same type of, um, like a plane well, with a boat. It, unless yes. you're, unless you're 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 putting it into the water or taking it out of the water, your chances of hitting something are, are, are lower. Now with boats, you you have a higher chance because you're still on a two dimensional plane, so you have a higher chance of hitting another boat, but only really in the confined areas and in the confined areas you're going to be traveling slower anyway so i can see why i mean it's not it's i know you say we don't require a license to operate a boat because we're idiots or whatever but i don't know if we are i mean if you get a little if you get it's kind of like the moped versus the motorcycle problem right right now at least in our state to operate a moped you do need a driver's license right it's the way it works but a moped is really a a heavy bicycle with a really small motor on it. It can't even go faster than 30 generally. Oh, actually, nope, 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 nope. If you if you were born on or after May 1st, 1996, you are required to successfully complete a state-approved okay. course in obtaining boating safety certificate. Somebody said this yesterday, too. They said that it depends. So that's it. It's, it depends on when you were born. So we're grandfathered in. Which is kind of Gunner, you weird. got your boat license. Crazy. Why? Why? Because I'm older, do I? That's really odd. Yeah. No, because it's because um, well, because effectively the New York State uh, licensing and regulatory scheme is really just a tax for the yeah. most part. Like right. They use it as a tax, right. and it's there was there, there was a voting block that yeah, they were it's not trying about to being bribe. Safe weight. <laughs> they were, it's just know, about, no, like, just about them taking your money. About that money, son. Dollar, dollar. What was our second topic? The second second topic um, was. Security. Oh yes. Like with Tesla, it started. Gunner was going to bring up like Tesla and its uh, essentially bad security practices. Well, Gunner's got family things he's texting, so I'll start off with the other one. Yeah. So um, one of the articles um, that was trending this past week was a small battle between Google and uh, who makes Fortnite. Fortnite is Epic Games. Epic. Mega yeah. Games. What'd you say? Epic Mega Games. Oh, Epic Mega. Um, so what happened... Now, and we should we should fact check a little bit of this because I, I, I don't play Fortnite and I especially don't play it on Android-based devices. This is really an oh, Android... So is this for, for this is the mobile version then? Yes. Okay. All yes. right. Um, I'll say that loosely because the Chromebooks can play Android games. So it would still be the mobile version. Oh but yes, this was the thing where they took it off the app. They, t- they, yes. were, they they took it off the app store and were trying to distribute it directly. Yes, I don't really know how they do this, but Apple the the, the Apple or Apple. What the fuck am I saying? Google. The Google Play Store operates just like the the Apple App Store, where the revenue that you get from a game must you must pay a certain share back to the store that you got the app from. And this is okay for apps like Angry Birds where you get it free and then you pay $2 to unlock it. And then Apple will take a third off of the top and I think Google takes something close to that, a little bit less. It works fine for those where you're using the Play Store to purchase. Where it starts to get hairy 
and Amazon had this issue, and I think they still do. Where this gets hairy is, is, is in a situation like Amazon. Amazon is an actual store. It's arguably just as big of a store as the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store because you don't need, you can just use a web browser, you don't need that store in order to do your purchases. So what happened is kind of a backstory. So I have to explain this backstory because Amazon is who really exposed to this problem and made it big. And I don't even know how they settled. I don't think that they did. Oh, actually, we yeah, Gunnar and I talked about how they settled, so I'll be able to explain that too. But what happened was Amazon says, fuck you, Apple. I'm not giving you a third of our revenue just because the app was installed through the Apple App Store. And Apple's like, no, if you use our checkout process and our credit cards, it's part of our agreement. You're violating our agreement. So Amazon actually worked around this and they said, well, screw you then. If somebody wants to buy something with Amazon, we're just going to open up the web browser and make them type in their credit card details because we are not giving you a third of all of our revenue. It's ridiculous. And that's how Amazon works today with the Apple App Store. If not, a third of the revenue would go. And I mean, every Kindle, every item purchased, they're not going to give a third of that revenue to Apple. That's actually, when I think about that, that's kind of fucked up because in essence, you have two massive monopolies. You're either using an Android phone or you're using it's an OS X right, or a, which is why Apple, Apple is the most, which is why Apple is the most profitable company in the fucking world right now because they're getting a third of every sale. That's fucking horseshit. No, and, and and ultimately, um, it's they're they're not going to be able to help themselves, and it will cause some ridiculous backlash that like when they broke Ma Bell up or something like that and mm-hmm. it doesn't effectively it doesn't effectively address the intrinsic problems so, of this so in the problem that i'm describing and amazon was the one that made headlines years ago with this it's the concept of in-app purchases now normally when you think of an in-app purchase you think of buying a skin for a video game however amazon's was was way more Specific because they already have a store. That's all they do. That's all they do. Right. So with Amazon, they're like, no, this isn't an in-app purchase. Our app is actually just just a front end to a store that, that people are already interacting with. We're not going to give you thirty percent of all of our of all of our profits. Well, so this this extends to other problems. So like if you're if you're you said it was Epic. Epic makes Epic, Fortnite. Epic Mega, Mega Games. games. Yeah. So so if you make Fortnite. Um, Fortnite's free, I believe. Fortnite, right? uh, the battle royale, which is by far the significantly more um, popular uh, game, but like Fortnite, I actually think for mobile is just battle royale. So yeah, it's a free game, free to it's play. It's a free game, correct? And and what what happens is they suffer the same problems. They have their own store within the game, where you get the in-app purchases. And what you can buy, like loot boxes, or you can buy what can you buy? So you can buy like this thing called a game pass mm-hmm. or a season pass. So like the, Fortnite has different seasons. They go, I don't know for how long the duration they go, but let's say for like a month, um, there are all these exclusive skins you can get if you earn. Uh, it's actually a pretty genius thing because it's not a loot box. Loot crates are fucked up. They're like gambling. But in this, the more you play the game, you get almost like credit and towards earning achievements which in turn earn you like different emotes or like mm-hmm. different skins that are just happening for that season and potentially can't you can you can never get again can you purchase them as well no i don't believe that you can purchase them i think that you can purchase the season pass and then you ha- but you still have to play a ton okay. in order to get them i don't think you can purchase them if you can maybe you can i, I don't play the mobile version maybe it's a little different 
Um, but you're so, but, so you're you're, saying, I guess you could purchase them because yeah, because I think you might be able to purchase like the the points that can go towards them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I guess I think you might be able to purchase them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so the problem was is that f- that Epic did not want to. It, they actually got into a battle with with Google in this case. It wasn't with Apple, mm-hmm. and with Google Play, it's the same problem, and that's that your in app purchases count towards your your app sales, and you're supposed to pay a certain percentage of that to the Google Play Store. Now, this is the part that I'm not too sure about, but they found a way to bypass Google Play. This is the part I don't get because I don't know how to install something on Android without jailbreaking it. Right. Um, outside of the store. That's the part that I'm not exactly too sure about. Well, this is so, so this is a little bit, this is probably a little bit different. In order to play Fortnite, I know this on my Xbox, mm-hmm. I had... And luckily, I already did because I played another Epic game. You have to go onto their website and register as a user, mm-hmm. and that's how you link your accounts. Right. So uh, that's not how most things are. Like most things are, like you create an account and you can link, like you know, you know, like my Facebook and this and that. No, if you want to play Fortnite, you have to create an, a, Epic, account. an Epic account. Right. So I'm wondering if that's kind of how they got around it. They were like, if you want to make an in-app purchase. You go essentially. Cool. You don't. You don't go through Google Play. You go through Epic Games. Right. You go well, through so well, that and that and but I think it's the sideload thing. Well, I also I also think that actually technically the, that account system is a violation of some of the terms of the license, like the, the store the store agreements as well. Like never mind. Well, never mind. Never mind. Like the sideloading thing. I think that they actually there's some weirdness with like having a. a a user service like Ubisoft, like the Ubisoft network. Mm-hmm. This is a common thing in PC games, anyways. And I just wonder if it's also like one of these. Just never mind the price thing. It's also this cultural disconnect because right. But 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 aside from what what the terms of service spell out, side loading is not something that people would normally do yes. on any phone. You no, always correct. drive that you always drive them through the store. So that's the part I'm not exactly sure about. I would assume there's something like an like an Epic app loader. Yeah, it probably loads the apps. It probably accesses the internet, right. or the website. And you probably have to install directly. that from the the, the 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 Play Store. So what happened was th- there was already this battle between Google and Epic, and Epic decided that they were going to distribute their games outside of the App Store. And I, they, I don't know if there's a lawsuit or what's going on with them, but there but there was this tension already existing, and this is what this is where it becomes interesting. Um, and this is why it comes into security. Google found an exploit with the Epic Games sideloading process where somebody could offer you an app that is not Fortnite, download it, and then all of a sudden you've installed a bad piece of software malware malware on your phone. And it was because they made the decision to choose the sideloading technology, right? <clears throat> Google went to Epic and they said, here's, here's a bug. This is a critical flaw. And Google has two policies on this. One policy is that they give 90 days to the company that they find the bug for to, uh, to patch it before they release the information on it. But, and this is the strange part, is as soon as it's patched, their terms of service say that they can make the bug public. 
And they did this, instead of waiting the full 90 days, they did this after two weeks. Two weeks after the bug, they released the public bug information on the most popular video game on the planet right now. And Epic is like, fuck you, Google. You should have given us 90 days. Even though we patched it, there is so many unpatched devices out there that haven't received the update because their devices don't auto-update. Or somebody's waiting and they're just saying, oh, I'll, I'll update tomorrow, I'll, I'll update tomorrow. They're like, you should have been a responsible company and not released this information. And Google's like, no, if you look at our terms of service, as soon as the patch is available, we have the right to release the bug to the world. This is Google being a massive piece of shit. That's what Epic says. And I completely agree with Epic. It's not like Google is doing any type of fucking uh, update work or upkeep on Fortnite's uh, app. They're just saying you can get it on an, on an Android device. You're you're and you're trying to profit off slavery. Essentially, is what you're fucking doing. You didn't put any work into develop that game. You don't put any work into keep upkeeping the servers and maintaining it. You're literally just saying. If you want to do this on an Android, you got to do this. Now, the problem with this is good luck, Google, because you look like the douchebag here. If you tell all these people, specifically these fucking 15, 16, 17-year-old kids, even younger, hey, you can't play you can't play Fortnite anymore on your on your phone. Watch the shift. This could be massive for, for Apple because... So, so what's interesting is the same problem is starting to surface on the desktops as well. If you use a Mac... Even if you use Windows, both of those are trying to drive you towards the App Store. So for work, I use VPN software in order to get into work. On Apple, the company that, that, that we happen to use, which is owned by Dell, um, th that company stopped offering an installer for the Mac desktop, and th instead they put it into the, the App Store. Now, when you're doing VPN and VPN is security related, it's free software. So they're not getting, Apple's not getting really, they're not getting a whole lot of money for it. They're at least getting their, their $99 so that they can, they can write an app, but that's it. It's not a lot of money. Um, it makes sense when you're, when it's a with a software that controls, you know, private access to, to a, your work system, because you want to be able to patch it automatically. And if it's in the app store, that's going to happen. So from a security perspective, it makes sense. What's interesting about this Google thing is Google has lost the ability to be able to control the patches, right? Because the bug actually lies inside the side-loaded Epic app. And that's where it gets political. And I don't know how I feel about it. This whole drive everybody through one app store has its benefits because the security updates can get rolled out automatically. But it has its detriments because you end up making Google and Apple the richest companies in the world. And I don't think, like, it's it's not deserved. Like, you didn't do anything aside from be the only option. You know what I mean? Like, this is, I, th I think, antitrust uh, well, again, investigations should be done on this type well, of thing. Like, what, what, is, what did Google do? To earn to to feel that they earn they should get thirty percent off were, the top. They were flagrant and open collaborators with the Five Eyes, so the the the, the powers that be looked the other way when they were uh, building the empire. I just yeah, but I think that's horseshit. Like, and this is a, this is disturb most disturbing to me because I actually I love I, I I used to be a massive Google fan. I'm still a Google fan. Like, I, 
I like the company. I don't like the direction it's gone in because I, I don't. But I think like to to try and force people to or to take some something off the top for from, from transactions or whatever is reprehensible to begin with, especially thirty percent. That's a fucking joke. But they're 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 trying to you know negotiate through through you know a powerful position which they have. But like what's worse is like there's an exploit that can put your customer's Google at risk and you release it immediately as soon as the patch comes out, almost as like an invitation like for the public opinion to be like, oh, we got our information stolen and now we're compromised because of Fortnite, because of their thing. But it's like, no, guys, not a lot of people knew about this exploit. Now everyone does and now everyone's in danger that doesn't have the patch. Because Google is a bunch of assholes, and they're li- deliberately doing this to try and trash Fortnite. Because Fortnite's the most popular, Fortnite's the flavor of the of the month, which been the flavor of the year. But like, it's I feel like it's completely political that they're trying to sway or change the per- the perception of Fortnite. The 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 thing that's gonna the thing that's going to 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 kill these businesses. Because, like, you know, again... It's, Epic it's, or Google and Apple? Google, Google, I mean, Epic's, Epic's got its own problem, but Google and Apple is that... Um, there used to be kind of this um, mutually assured destruction detente where, like, you had one you had one mega asshole at the top, and the company, the company survived because it basically acquired people who were like the, the 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 counterparty to the one mega asshole and in aggregate they were kind of able to to keep each other in check because the mega asshole wants to subvert reality and you know you have you have you have like the guys who are like the unmeg the the, the the anti-mega assholes who are like of lesser power but an aggregate could kind of keep that guy going but mega asshole drove them to actually do like really crazy stuff that's like so i feel like out. that's who how like who google used to be like yes, the anti-asshole now now now, now it, what it, what's happened is that they've empowered all of these like you know like if you if you look at behind the scenes and you can you can make the argument that maybe any like mature business starts ending ending up in this thing because it's if it's not in a period of violent like big super growth you have people like establishing fiefdoms and stuff like that, but if you look at the like the the, the valley the, the the whole IT Silicon Valley culture is kind of rife with this, just the mature companies people are not getting people are not moving into management or like doing direct and stuff like that because they're capable. It's be, it's kind of like this like internal system of uh, I know somebody who knows somebody, and it's just enable it's enabling this like very toxic behavior, top to bottom. So, and I I don't think I don't think that toxicity. I think that toxicity is a result of it. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily embedded into the culture. I think what we're coming on to is this 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 whole thing about whether it's an appliance or whether it's something that you can tinker with, right? Yes. So if you get if you get a PlayStation, if you get an Xbox, you don't have a choice. You have to consume your game through whatever means that PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo say you need to whether it's on a uh, whether it's downloaded through their store online um, whether it's it's on a physical medium that you insert into the in, into the gaming console they control who has access to play on their platform what's weird is the cell phone market 
launched with that. The same mindset as a gaming console, right? Mm. Be, and, and it was largely inspired by the iPhone. Previous to that was in the days of like the Palm Pilot, and Gunnar remembers these days when you needed to go and find a Windows mobile application and you needed to sideload it onto your device. You needed a special cable, and there was about a 50% chance it wouldn't run, right? What happened was with the going through a centralized store is you're able to control compatibility, you're able to control updates, um, and also what you do is you license the creation ability. That Therefore, everybody's using the same tools. So if you want to make an app for Android right now, everybody downloads the Android kit. It's the Android software development kit, the Android SDK. Developers know SDK like the back of their hand. It's just a term they use every day. To a casual user, this might be the first time that they're hearing it, but it's the same development kit. And you can target all Androids on the planet for the most part, right? You might might only go back a few versions and it'll run on all of the devices. With the idea that this program will be distributed through the one channel that Google offers. If you want to sideload, you have to turn off security on the device and then you have to connect a cable just like we had to back in those Palm Pilot days. That's The cell phones somehow were able to jump onto that. And the reason I believe this happened this way and it didn't exist previously is that previously computers were considered a DIY tinker device mm-hmm. where you could download an app from any guy that wrote it on the internet and, and a program that, that, that nobody had heard of all of a sudden became the program. And this is how like MP3s caught on, right? MP3s didn't catch on because Microsoft said we could play them. In fact, Microsoft would not play an MP3 until Windows XP was released in 2003. We were playing MP3s in the fucking 90s because of a a company that came up out of nowhere, um, at least I assume they came up out of nowhere, called Nullsoft. They created Winamp, and Winamp would allow you to play those MP3s. Winamp even had the ability- Well, it was lame. To, to convert MP3s back to waves and then put those waves onto and then using using like a like a trial version of, of some CD software you could put the waves back onto a CD and, and instead of mixtapes we were handing out digital copies of our mixtapes the audio quality was 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 as close to perfect as possible I mean a CD is twice the quality of a cassette tape so it was great but this idea that the electronic device is not locked down is what caused the PC revolution so it, it this is where this is where I think epic and I know this isn't so much about security this is more about market this is where I really like epic and I want to quote something that epic said two years ago now this is more about the PC but this gives you an idea of how they think about Android epic CEO says the Windows universal Windows platform can should must and will die now, for those that don't know what the universal Windows platform is, is this is Microsoft's attempt to pull the same shit. To say all of the apps must be distributed through the Windows Store. Have you ever installed anything from the Windows Store before? No. It's not great. Neither has anybody else. It's right. not great. And the reason is, is because the availability of Windows apps Never, it never, the, the critical. They came before the store was invented. It's not like Apple where they can say, oh, hey, sorry, you can't put anything on here by design. The, the PC never would have, would have taken off the way that it did if that's the way that the market was driven. 
but the same CEO, the one, the, you know, the, the, the same company that's having that's struggling right now, um, uh, or is not struggling, but is battling um, battling uh, Google. They they kind of have the mindset: fuck you. These people bought the the hardware. I don't need to give you my money. I wrote the app. I distribute the app. I do not need to give you my money. So for for them to make for them for them to 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 not use their judgment and just release this bug information to the wild um, is largely irresponsible from a security perspective because the average consumer can't protect themselves from this problem. Right, and I feel like this is Google just showing its regression and maybe not really regression but progression into the the thing that we hated that we used to love Google for, which is kind of like this anti-establishment, anti-man, like, you know, trailblazing technologically for the betterment of humanity. And we are all doomed to be And now it's kind of like, you're so fucking out of touch that you don't understand that this game is the most popular game in the country, poss- probably the world, and you're going to try and take them on. And you're going to try to, like... It's it's a battle of it's a battle of, of who's bigger, right? So I want to quote, this is, still, this is from two years ago, but think about how much this applies to our conversation about Android. Um, and of course, he's talking about Microsoft. The specific problem here is that Microsoft's shiny new universal Windows platform is locked down. And by default, it's impossible to download UWP apps from the websites of publishers and developers to install them. You can't update them and you can't conduct commerce in them outside of the Windows store, said Sweeney, the CEO. It's true that if you dig far enough into Microsoft's settings, which are buried inside the user interface, you can find a way to install these apps by enabling sideloading. But in turning this off by default, Microsoft is unfairly disadvantaging the competition. So when I read this article two years ago from from Epic, I, I fell in love with them. I'm like, this is exactly how I feel. And I happen to operate a software company, a software company where I refuse to distribute. I'm actually writing desktop software, not phone software, so I can live this way. I refuse to distribute through the, uh, through the Apple store or through the Windows store. Um, there's also stores for Linux, but nobody uses Linux. And even those that do, um, they actually do use those stores to, uh, to distribute. And it's not a store because everything on Linux is generally open source. So most right. of it's free. But I, you know, I think this kind of describes the exact same problem. Now, from the Microsoft perspective, they're releasing a version of Windows where you can't sideload. And it's just apps installed from their store. Which to me is interesting because I just asked if you guys have ever installed anything from the Windows Store, and you said no, nothing. I I, so I have. So what the what the hell would you use? But that's you would know. you just use Microsoft Edge? Just open up Microsoft Edge and just live inside Edge? I guess here's the question. Um, and this is this is it's actually I really had no idea this is going on with the new version of Windows, but they are following. Is this not how Apple is? Can you not download anything onto your Apple computer from that, the Apple Store? This is an excellent question, and it's a point that I wanted to bring up, and I'm glad that you said it. Um, what Apple's done on their desktop is you get unnecessary warnings if you didn't download it through the store. So Apple still allows you to run it, but it warns you. There is no such warning. It's a better experience through the Apple Store. However, if you... Um, 
and I would suffer the same problem as Epic, right? I have a product that I offer free to the consumer, but I charge licensing um, in order to remove certain, you know, in, in order to unlock certain features of, of my desktop software. I would run into the same issue as Epic because. Do I give Apple some of my revenue? It's not an in-app purchase in this case. It's almost like a like a you know like a, a secret handshake that happens after the fact. But how yeah how does that work? You know do do I give some of my do I give thirty percent of my revenue to Apple? Yeah, and that's like it's just it's super greedy and crazy to me, and I feel it is kind of scary because. 20, 30 years from now, when we're like ancient <laughs> and super old, is this going to be the norm? Did, did we just allow this shit we to just happen? Allowed it to happen. And and when I said that that they display a warning, Wade, on Apple they display a warning, even if you paid them. So what Apple does is, in order to develop software for any Apple devices, you need to go out and get get a developer account, right? So you go out and you get this developer account, and they give you a certificate. And as long as that certificate is with your software. It will run. This is what's fucking crazy. If you decide that you don't want to pay for their certificate, you can't actually open the software. It won't actually open on the desktop. And that certificate's, I think it's 100 bucks a year. It might be more. Um, if you decide, hey, you know what? I, I, I refuse to go through their certification program. By the way, they do a, they do a, a background check. They go through a service called uh, Duns and Bradstreet, and they actually do a background check. Yeah, a DMB, on a DMB. Uh, it's like a business um, credit check, credit score check, essentially. Exactly, yeah. and they do that on you as an individual or a business before they issue the certificates. If you say, you know what, fuck you, Apple. I don't want you to know who I am. I don't want you to vet me out. I just want to be able to put a, a download so people can run my program on your desktop. It won't actually open. When you double click the program, it won't actually open. What they've done is if you happen, and of course Apple ignored right click for a long time. Everybody knows that they used to have like a single button. Yeah. If you right click the software and click open, then you can run it. Hmm. So, so they, it's just like a little step to try and. A little step. And all Apple users have figured this out. But what it does is some of these, um, some of these, these, free, pro these free projects that operate on a shoestring budget, um, you know, one of them, a great example is the GIMP image editor, which is a great alternative if you can't afford Photoshop. And GIMP, by the way, runs beautiful on Mac now. It didn't a year or two ago. It runs beautiful on Mac now. They got a single window mode. It works great. And you can edit your photos. You got all the features, um, a, a lot of the features that you'd get out of Photoshop, but all the features you'd get out of GIMP on any other platform the GIMP project either has to decide to pony up 100 bucks a year which could be going to other things right they could be buying stickers and, and bringing them to uh, to software conventions or they could they could give it to Apple um, they either have to spend the money on that or they have to in their documentation they have to say oh if the software doesn't work because by the way it won't right click and then you can then you can open the software on Mac and it's not just them it's any free program that would not normally have the budget to be able to afford uh, the, the, the whole certification process. And even then, how does a community organization get certified? This is a problem I struggle with because I help out with some free, some free software. If I'm just one developer with a bunch of community developers and there's no formal organization that backs us, how do they get a certificate? Who they can do a background check on? What ends up happening is one person in that team has to say, okay, I'll pay the 99 bucks 
And instead of it saying um, GIMP, the GIMP um, free software organization, because Apple can't trust a group of unknown people, it says Wade Mariano. And then if you leave the project, it's invalid. Yeah, I mean, or people are being dishonest to Apple and now you've given me your key and now I'm saying I'm you, right? So yeah, there's some interesting problems that occur because of this certification process. And it, it, the funny thing is, is that it's, it's, it's kind of easy to skate around. You kind of skate around this problem with, with a fictitious company and money. So are you, really, are you really creating a trust relationship with the users Apple and the software developers, or are you just making it a little bit easier to get a fake certificate? And then, I mean, eventually, you know, they, they can blacklist their certificate and then it doesn't work anymore. But how many apps are distributed before that happens? And this happened with like the Android market where they found the flashlight apps. You remember this? Like five years ago, before Android and Apple put a flashlight into the operating system, the flashlight apps were doing some weird shit. They were like listening to your microphone in the background. Yeah, They were selling your data to people. They were like looking at your browsing history and selling your data to people. The flashlight apps were little miniature uh, malware. And what convenience do you get? It turns the fucking flash on for you. Something that previously could only be turned on for a second through the camera app. Right. And now they, they, can, they can turn it on and turn it off. So the, the idea of a bad actor getting a certificate and distributing it through the store happens all the time and you hear these these you hear these things where there's this big sweep and google cleaned up a hundred thousand apps because they found out that they were all distributed by the same malware company that were issued a certificate it just feels like they're just they're slowly closing all the doors and locking them you know like enforcing everyone like sheep to the slaughter like i I don't think it's 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 not a good thing. It can't be a good thing. But at, at the same time, it's why I've always been wary of Apple, because when they started this proprietary stuff where you can only use certain pieces of hardware with their equipment, and you can only you know get your apps through the through the Apple Store, and it's they're making it more and more difficult to to get stuff from outside, and they do it under the guise they use fear. It's under the guise of we're protecting you, like it's why. The, it's why America's, whether they want to admit it or not, <clears throat> the people that actually profit the most from this country, their best friend is terrorism because that's terror if scares people. Like, okay, spend as much as you want on the military budget just to keep us safe when the reality is you are not fucking safe. You are never, ever truly safe. If, if something bad is going to happen, it's, it's going to happen. You can try to prevent it as much as you can. But if somebody wants to get your information on there, there's nothing fucking Microsoft or Google or fucking Apple is going to be able to do to stop it. And you know, Steam, another large um, game developer, um, <clears throat> and also they distribute a lot of game content for other companies. A lot of independent game companies, actually. Steam distributes their content. And I don't know how their licensing works. But Steam, Steam's taken an interesting perspective on this. Steam said, well, if, if Windows is going to drive us out, right? Because Steam, Steam cannot allow... Microsoft to decide what framework the games are released on. It's a big problem. The reason it's a big problem is because if you want to write a game and you want it to be available on, on, on cell phones, on desktops, on Macs, on PCs, as a developer, you have to stop and say, okay, is it going to be a 2D game? What 2D game engines are already out there that I can just cherry pick from? Are they paid? Are they free? 
Well, uh, you know, one of the one of the really popular 3D game engines right now is Unity 3D. So if all of a sudden you want to get Unity 3D and you want to package it up, what are the chances that you're going to be using Unity 3D in the same way that Microsoft wanted you to use their unified Windows platform? Has Unity 3D been ported to UWP, where your entire game can run within this really, really constrained environment that, that Microsoft has, has, has dictated, and you don't need access to anything else, right? Just something simple like a game controller. You got a game controller, you're plugging it into USB. How does the universal Windows platform allow you to gain access to a game controller? Now, will you, will you, even if you write it for UWP, right, which is, which is Microsoft specific, do you have to rewrite all of that code again using Apple's tools to be able to talk to that game controller on Apple, right? Mm -hmm. So th there's, serious, there's serious consequences to companies like Epic where they, have to, they, have, they, they don't want to have to rewrite the same code too many times, right? Maybe they have the money to do it, but still, if you want faster games, you want more stable games, that you want them to only have to write it once. You don't want a bug that exists in, in, in a, a Xbox version of the game to not exist in PlayStation, right? You want them to be able to patch them all at the same time. Steam's taken an interesting approach. Right now, Steam is predominantly a desktop application. However, Steam saw this coming with the Universal Windows platform, and they decided that they were going to start making their own operating system. Now, this operating system isn't popular yet, well, actually, but you, you can still you can download it. Did you see the last addendum no. that they did? So, the last update to Steam that they made, they made mm -hmm. they're, they've gone the other way around where it's like you can run, it's not even their OS anymore, but if you install the Linux client... Mm -hmm. They're building their own wrapper so that you can run Windows games directly. You can oh, install really? Windows games directly in their Linux install their Linux version, and it will do it will handle all the emulation, like the Wine and emulation packaging. That's crazy. So what Gunner's describing is, of course, Wade knows a little bit about Wine because because he's had to play Windows games on Linux. But yeah, historically with Steam, if if the game's not released for your platform, you simply can't run it. So they're distributing. An emulate a Windows emulation if layer. Yes, if you if you install, on for Linux, if you that's install. great because I was just complaining a few podcasts ago about how there's a lot of games I've been purchasing through Steam, which are Windows only, and I can't play them on on my computers, which are generally generally Macs right now in my environment are Macs. Even though I'm a free software advocate, yeah, I, I'm a little bit on the dark side because I use a Mac. But yeah, the whole desktop operating system is an interesting approach as well. I don't know how viable it is, you know, say, because they aren't really in, games. We're gonna. We're gonna I, go back. I think it's all about um, the push. Sadly, it's a lot about marketing because, frankly, very few people are informed about this. And I mean, Jesus, I just had a revelation today. I didn't know. I thought I didn't know it was as bad as it was, but I guess it always has been, right? Do you know, like, do you, do you it's know, always been this bad. Do you yeah. know what it's the solution taken. to this is? Is we need to make our own platform agnostic crack Santa. Open crack, world Santa we'll, we'll call game. it the first the, crack the, Santa operating system. Crack C, C, C crack OS OS <laughs> crack SOS. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I mean it's this is actually a really interesting topic and something I'm sure that we're going to touch on as we continue to do these podcasts and but, as we continue to provide you updates of our new free world adventure game, Crack Santa. Yeah. <laughs> So, Gunnar, I never gave you a chance to talk about these crazy Tesla exploits. I know Wade wants us to wrap this it's up, all, but it's all it was good. your topic, so. It's all good. Just We hijacked it like Craig Sand on a gyrocopter. 
you you bash, but I think I think that this is a market rife. You know, it's the it's the it's the exact opposite of Fortnite. Fortnite is playing against a bunch of people. Crack Santa is vandalizing a bunch of people <laughs> in new and inventive ways. What was that game where you for, like remember the remember that they had the two ones where it was like you either had to figure out how to hurt someone you, you got the most points for hurting someone like by pushing them or something like that it was the stick figure one or you had the car crash where like you had to like eject them the, the most outrageous way yeah um yeah there's been a couple games like that my son plays one where yeah you got like a little like rag doll is that the one you're talking about Yes. Yeah, he's got one. It's a rag doll. And, like, yeah, you start by beating him up by, like, poking him. And then before you know it, you get a bat. And then you get a machine gun. And you're shooting the rag doll up. I think. I don't know the name of it, though. I think. I think. But, yeah. So, Microsoft has Crackdown, which is you're the super-powered cyborg cop enforcing justice in the city. And I think it's a Crack Santa where it's, like, you take realistic damage, but you're still just... You're, you're, manage, you're managing you're, you're managing how, how juiced you are to power through all this stuff while you're, you're journeying across the city in your gyrocopter. And, you know, probably what, the most interesting thing about these lockdown devices is what's, what's really happening as a result of this is these secondary markets like Cody are popping up. And Cody's an interesting market because I don't even know how they make money. It must be donations. I, yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, because they're essentially like they're just a Pirate's Bay for media consumption, right? And I don't even need to explain Cody. It is a household mm-hmm. term at this point. Yeah. But, you know, I think what's going to happen is eventually these little fire sticks or whatever, they're going to get so cheap and they're going to get so powerful that there's going to be this like this resurgence. It's going to be like the indie games. I wouldn't even be surprised if Steam jumps on board. If Steam's like, oh, hey, by the way, we offer an app for Cody. You can run all your Windows apps on a fire stick. And I'm not talking. I mean, this is this. It sounds a little crazy now, but Gunner just said they're already doing it. Yeah, I mean, and <clears throat> eventually it's going to cause like things like Cody cause a collapse, right? Because people aren't willing to pay to consume it. You know what I mean? Because right. they don't. It's not really that valuable to them. Eventually, maybe it will come to the point where they will start spending money on things that they do view as valuable, right? But so long as the price is a reasonable one. You know, and I think if if you could buy a movie for a buck or something like that, like you like like maybe someone would do it. You know what I mean? That's why I think Netflix is is the fu- is it's now obviously very popular, but it is kind of the future of how things are going to go. It's you pay a flat rate, a subscription fee, and you get all the all the media you kind of want to consume, and you can't get everything, but you can get a lot of stuff. By the way, Ghostbusters is on Netflix right now in the United States, and it will be gone. Come September, like the the original, or the new one, the original. Huh. It's on Netflix right now, so watch it. For it's Consume gone, it. it's going to be gone soon. How many days we got left? Uh, we have five, four, four days left, I think. Yeah, four or five. It'll five. Be, it'll be gone in September. Well, go consume it. <laughs> that being said, it is time Wrap for us up. to. Yes, we are at we are at the two two it. hour mark. It is time to time to go uh thanks everybody for joining in and uh we will see you next time